Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is changing lives in a changing culture with the unchanging truth. Our prayer is that these weekly messages will inspire you to life change through the principles found in God's Word. Let's join in for this week's message. Come on, wasn't that fun? I tell you. Like, all week long, I could not wait to share that with you. And I know, man, I'm looking pretty smooth in a couple of those pictures up there. And then Cassie, man, looking great. Pastor Joshua with them sunglasses. I'm telling you, that's a lot of fun, right? I've been excited about sharing that with you. And then I'm a child of the 90s, so I know the girl in pain saying, come on, any of the 90s children in the place. And I'm excited about that, but more excited about really this series that we're beginning today that is kind of just, it's really going to be vision for this year. In fact, at the beginning of the year, every year, we just try to pray and ask God to give us a word for the year. And the word for our church this year is the word family. So everybody say family. And we're going to be telling you a little bit more about what that is all about and some goals that God has put in our heart for us as a LifeGate family, for you in your family. And today we're just kicking this off with a series called Family Goals. So let me just ask you a question. Everybody help me out by raising your hand. How many of you here today, you have some goals for your family? Come on, raise your hand. Maybe you didn't write them down, but maybe you got some hopes, some dreams, some things that you want. Maybe some things you want for your marriage or some things that you want. Come on, right? Some things that you want for your kids or you want for your family. Some of you are like, man, I got some goals for my kids. I want them to be really good at sports and make the traveling team and get a scholarship and go pro so they can buy me a new house. Come on, right? Like family goals right there. Maybe some of you are like, I don't care about the sports thing. I want them to be smart, you know, just be really academic and get good grades and graduate at the top of their class so they can go to a good college and become a doctor and take care of me when I'm old. You know what I mean? Maybe that's your goals. Maybe some of you are like, man, I don't even have that high and lofty of a goal. My goal is just to get my 30-year-old out of the basement and off the Xbox, get him a job, you know? Maybe some of that, some of you got that kind of goals for your, for your marriage too. Like maybe some of you are like, man, I know what I want my spouse to be. Some of you not married yet. And so you got these goals for the spouse that you're going to marry. Others of you are married and you're like, man, I just want my husband or whatever to be that one that works so hard, but comes home early to dinner every night, does the dishes after dinner, rubs my back, takes care of me, brings me flowers. Some of you are like, man, I'm not even expecting that. If I could just get him to quit snoring and put the seat down when he gets done going, the bathroom might be good, you know. And we all got goals, don't we? Hopes and dreams that we have for our families. And I wonder this, as we, as we kick off this series, I wonder the dreams and the hopes and the goals that, you're, that you have for your family, do they match up with God's dreams and hopes and goals for your family? In fact, I want you to think about that for a second. Some of you have never even thought about this before, but the truth is God has some goals for your family too. Some of you have never really thought like, what does God want for my marriage? What does God want for my kids? What does, what does God want for our family to look like? And so many times we chase what the culture says should be the goals for our family. And we never really think about what are God's family goals for me. And the truth is here today is that God has some goals for your family. In fact, I want you to look at a couple of the goals that God has for us in this passage in, in Psalms. This passage is really going to kind of set up the entire series. It's found in, in Psalm 112. So if you have your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn there with me or look in your LifeGate app or on the screen in your notes here today. And we're going to see some of the goals God has for our family in Psalm 112 verse 1. It says, how joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying his commands. Their children will be what? Everybody 
say it aloud, will be successful everywhere. An entire generation of godly people will be what? Will be blessed. They themselves will be wealthy and their good deeds will last forever. They're generous and compassionate and righteousness. Those are the righteous that will be what? Will be long remembered. Man, how many of you want these kind of goals for your family, right? Like these are God's goals for your family that you would be joyful, that your family would be successful and blessed and wealthy and significant and you would leave a long and lasting legacy here on this earth. How many would raise your hand and say, man, that's what kind of goals I want for my family. Like a couple of you are raising your hand. Some of you, maybe you want your family to be not blessed and not joyful and not happy. No, no, all of us, right? We want God's goals to be our goals. If we really get down deep, we really want what God wants for our family because he wants our family to be blessed. The problem is so many times is that the culture leads us away from the things that will actually lead us to God's goals, his blessings for our family. And let's be honest. I mean, you look around and, and you got you to be honest and say, leading a godly family is difficult in this culture that we live in, right? I mean, and fun, sometimes we would look around and we would go, you know, as I look at my family, I look at others like the word blessed might not be the word that I would use to describe it. Successful, joyful, especially like when we're in the car coming to church, joyful might not be the word that I would use to describe it. It might be, man, our family is, is struggling. We're just trying to make it, man. Our marriage is just kind of hanging on by a thread, man, my teenage kid is rebelling or my kids are not sleeping at night or, or we're making it just barely like month to month, week to week, paycheck to paycheck. And we're not really experiencing the kind of blessing on our family that God really intends for us to have. And in this series, what I want us to do is I want us to talk about what does it look like to have God's goals for our family and not just for your family individually, but for us as a church family together. What does it look like to experience God's goals, his blessings, his joy, his success in our family? And because family is the word for this year, what we did is we just kind of said, hey, God, what are, the, what are the goals that you want for us as a church family? And we narrowed it down to four things, four goals for us as a church family. And these are goals that we're going to take one by one in this series, but it's not just going to be in this series. It's going to be something we're going to be actually doing throughout this year. So if you can take a note, just write them down real fast. I'm going to just touch base real fast on these. The first one is this, is that our goal for this year, I believe God's goal for this year is to strengthen families. Because here's the deal, guys. How many know that the strength of the church is going to come down to the strength of the family? That the strength of the community that we live in is going to come down to the strength of the families. That the strength of our country really comes down to the strength of our families. And so today we're going to dive into what does it look like to have a strong and healthy, godly family. But it's not just going to be today, but through this year, we've actually planned some things to help to strengthen you as a family. The second goal is this, is we want to equip parents. So everybody say, equip parents. How many parents do I have in the house today? Parents all over the place. Okay, here's the deal. You need some tools to help you to parent godly children, right? And next week, we're going to dive into that. I'm going to give you some tools and some things from the Word of God, but it's not just going to be a sermon next week. We actually are partnering together with Pastor Cassie and Pastor Colton to just say, hey, how can our youth ministry and our kids ministry really help to equip parents? In June, we've actually scheduled a good friend of mine, 
Kyle, Kyle Embry to come and do a whole series on parenting. And he's an expert in that kind of stuff. And I'm telling you, we, we want to help you to parent godly children and raise them up in the next generation, right? The next thing we're going to do, and this is a goal for the year, is that as a family, as a family unit, as a church, we are going to grow in love. Everybody say it. Come on. Grow in love. Come on. We're going to learn to love one another more deeply. This is something that has been burning passionately in my heart. And in fact, right after this series, we're going to do a series leading into Easter called Love Like Jesus. And we're going to learn how to love one another as a family. And then I'm so excited about this last goal is that we're going to care for orphans. Some of you are like, wow, that's kind of cool. We've never really focused on this as a church before, and yet God has kind of done some stuff organically in our church as people have adopted and things like that. And this year, we're going to focus, we're partnering together with a ministry called Family First. In fact, at the end of this series, we're going to have a guest speaker who's going to come in and teach us how we can partner with people to make sure that the foster kids and the orphans in our area, in fact, there are thousands of them just in our county, I believe God's going to raise up some people who are going to say, man, we're going to foster kids, adopt kids. We're going to be involved in that because that's what a family does. Come on. How many excited about the family goals? All right. So here's what we're going to do today. We're going to dive into this first. And we're going to talk about what does it look like to be a strong, healthy, godly family in a very ungodly culture. And to do this, we're going to look at a passage in Joshua, Joshua chapter 24. And while you're getting there, and, and, and let me just set it up for you here today. Here's what's happening is the people of Israel, they've been wandering around in the wilderness for all these years, and God's given them a promise of this new land. And so finally, they're getting ready to move into the promise, move into the new land. And as they get ready to settle down into the new land, Joshua gathers everybody together, basically kind of for a family meeting. And this is what Joshua says in verse number in Joshua 24 verse number 8 he says I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan and they fought against you but I gave them into your hands I destroyed them from before you and you took possession of their land verse 12 you did not do it with your own sword or bow so I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities that you did not build and you live in them and eat from the vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshiped before the Euphrates river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then what? Everybody say this word aloud. Then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in those lands that you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua says, hey guys, you've got a choice today. All of culture is leading you away, but we are making a decision in our lives that as for me and as for my house, we will serve the Lord. 
And I got to tell you guys, just like we see with the Israelites, God is leading LifeGate into some new territory. Isn't it exciting to see the construction taking place and the things that are going to happen as God elevates our influence in this area? But can I tell you, before that can happen, I believe that God has to strengthen some things, some foundations in our families, some things inside of us so that he can use us in a greater way. And in this passage, I believe we can see three things that it's going to take in order to strengthen and lead godly families. If you're taking notes, you can write them down. The first one is this. If you're going, if you're going to build a strong godly family, it's going to be a fight. Everybody say a fight. It's going to be a fight. Guess what, guys? It ain't going to come easy. Guess what? There's going to be a battle that you're going to have to fight. In fact, this is what we see in this passage in verse number eight. It says, I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. And what happened? They fought against you. Now, now think about this for a second. Here's the Israelites. God is leading them into this new land. It's new territory. And here's the thing. They're going into a culture that is much different than their culture. They're going into people who have different sets of values and priorities and ways of living. And so when they go into that culture, they look different than the people around them. And what happens when they look different? The people around them begin to fight against them. And here's what you've got to understand, guys. If you're going to build a godly family in the culture that we live in, everything in our culture today is fighting against godly values in the family. I mean, think about it. Just look around. Everything that we see. Look, look at the divorce rate that's happening in our world today. Look, look, at, look at even the way that our culture is trying to redefine what marriage and what family really is. Look at the things that are being taught in our school. Look at the priority that is being given to sports and extracurricular activities and things like that. Like I remember when I was a kid, like you didn't do sports on Sundays because Sundays were reserved for God. But it ain't that way anymore. Because here's the thing, everything in our culture is fighting against the values, the godly things that, that God would want us to implement in our families. And if you're going to live a godly life and lead a godly family, guess what you're going to have to get ready for? You're going to have to get ready for a fight. It ain't going to come easily. The enemy is going to come against you. But here's what you can know. Even though it's a battle and it's a fight, it's a battle that can be won. In fact, this is what we see in this passage in verse number 11. They fought against you. But look at this. But I handed them over to you. I sent terror ahead of you to force out the Amorite kings. And you took the land. Check this out. Without using swords Or bows. Now that's interesting. Like how do you go in and conquer a land without using weapons? Only one way. God did it. And here's what we have to understand. When you're fighting for a godly culture in your family and everything is fighting against it. Guess what guys? It's not a fight in the natural. You know what it is? It's a supernatural thing. It's a fight in the spirit. In fact, it's not about, it's not about saying, hey, I'm going to post it on Facebook and tell everyone and that's going to win the fight. No, you know what it's about? It's about winning the fight on our knees. The scripture says it like this. It says that we're not fighting against flesh and blood, but we're fighting against spiritual principalities. The Bible says it like this, that it's not by might and not by power, but by the spirit of God. And can I tell you guys next week, parents, I'm going to, I'm going to teach you a few things about some practical tools for how to parent and lead your children. But can I tell you about the most powerful tool for how to lead and parent your children? It's called prayer. 
Here's how you lead your children and lead your family in the spiritual things. You lead it on your knees. You know, the truth is, I'm a product of that here today. Like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here doing what I'm doing if I didn't have some praying parents. Ones that prayed for me every single day. In fact, I remember when I was a teenager, we moved to a new city because my parents were starting a church. When you start a church, you don't have a church building. And so dad's office was, his, was in their bedroom, basically. And so I remember as a teenager walking down the hall past my dad's bedroom, hearing my dad in his, in his room on his knees praying. And you say, how'd you hear him praying? Because he wasn't one of those quiet prayers like this. He was one of those old school prayers. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? Oh God, touch my son, right? And I remember he, would, he always prayed this, God, prepare a helpmate for him in Jesus' name. And I remember hearing that, and it influenced my life. And it wasn't just that I heard it, that it influenced me. I'm telling you, it was the fact that every day, him and my mom were praying for me. In fact, today, I have an incredible helpmate because that prayer that was prayed every single day. And can I tell you, moms and dads, you can have influence over your children in ways that you would never be able to just by speaking in the supernatural. You can pray these things over your children. And some of you are here today and you're teenagers and you're going, well, my parents aren't saved. Guess what? You can have influence over your parents by praying for them too. If you're going to have a godly family in an ungodly culture, it's going to be a fight. Number two, write this one down. It's going to be a choice. Everybody say, make a choice. It's going to be a choice. In fact, this is what we see right here in our passage in verse number 15. If you don't want to serve the Lord, you must choose for yourself today whom you will serve. You will serve the gods that your ancestors worshipped when they lived on the other side of the Euphrates. Or you may serve the gods of the Amorites who lived in this land. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Joshua makes a choice. Joshua is intentional about a choice. Let me, let me just tell you something, guys. A godly family doesn't happen on accident. It happens because someone gets intentional. And the truth is a lot of us have really good intentions, but we're not very intentional about things. And if you're going to lead a godly family, here's what it's going to take. It's going to take making a choice to be intentional about doing the things that will lead your family in the ways of God. And here's the thing about a choice. You ready for this? Write this down. In order to make a choice, you also have to choose what you're not going to do. That's the nature of a choice. And here's what, here's what Joshua was saying. We have chosen that we're going to serve the Lord. But in order to serve the Lord, we also have to choose some things that we're not going to do. In fact, it says it right here in verse 14. Then Joshua said to the people, now respect the Lord and serve him fully and sincerely and throw away the gods that your ancestors worship. What did he say? He said, we're choosing to serve God, which means we're choosing not to serve the gods of the culture that we're moving into. And the truth is, there are some gods in this culture. I know that sounds weird. Oh, there's no gods in the culture. Yeah, there are. You just look around. You know what they're called? Sports. You know what they're called? Schoolwork. Band. You know what they're called? They're called, they're called popularity. You know what they're called? They're called Facebook. Come on, Instagram. All of these things, money, pleasure, all of the things that we put at such a high value in our lives that so many times we serve those at the expense of truly serving God. And if you're going to lead a godly family, you're going to have to make a choice. And choosing to serve God is also going to mean that we're going to choose not to serve some of the gods of this culture. And it's not an easy choice sometimes. 
Sometimes you have to make some hard choices. Sometimes you've got to make some choices that your kids are not going to like. Come on, moms and dads. I told you it's going to be a fight. Sometimes the fight's going to be with your teenager. Come on. Right? And in the end, they may not like it, but in the end, they'll respect you for it, and it'll make a difference in their life. In fact, in our family, we have chosen some things that because we've chosen that we're going to serve God first, there are some things that we've had to choose that we're not going to do. And it's not easy sometimes. Like, man, we have chosen as a family for us that being together as a family in church every Sunday is important to us. So that's what we have chosen, which means that we've had to choose that we're not going to do sports the same way that everybody does sports in our culture. We do sports. Our kids played, they played BYA and they play sports at their school and stuff. But we chose we're not going to do the club thing because that's all over the place every weekend because we're choosing to be in God's house every Sunday. And that's different than what you see in the culture today. We made some choices that we said, hey, we're not going to do dating in our family the way that everybody does dating in the culture. And that's hard. We've had to have some difficult conversations about that in our family. But we've made a choice that we're going to choose today. We're going to serve God, which means we're not going to serve the gods of this world. We've had to choose, hey, there's some entertainment, some music, some movies, some stuff like that that we're just not going to do. It might be okay for others, but it's just not. We've got a conviction about it in our family that we're not going to allow that stuff because we're choosing today that we're going to serve God. And if we're going to serve God, that means we're not going to serve the gods of this culture. That's the nature of a choice. You know what else about a choice is that a choice is not just something you do once. It's something you have to do continually. In fact, what did he say here? He says, choose today who you will serve. You know what that implies? That implies that you're not just going to choose it today. You're going to have to choose it tomorrow too. And you're going to have to choose it next week and next year. And and on down the road, five years from now, you're going to have to continually be making this choice. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. God's goals for our family are going to be our goals for our family. It's a fight. It's a choice. That leads me to number three. Check this one out. It's a commitment. Everybody say commitment. It's a commitment. You know, that's a word we're not very good at. Isn't it true? Like we're not, we're not very good at, we're good at starting stuff. We're also very good at stopping stuff. Come on, how's your New Year's resolution going? Just tell me. Like we're good at starting, but not very good at finishing sometimes. But check this out, verse number 16. Then the people answered, we will never stop following the Lord to serve other gods. Man, the words that just jumped off the page at me are those two words, never stop. That's a big commitment. We have decided that this is the way we're going to live now and forever. This is a commitment that we're going to make. And the truth is here today is that, man, there are some of you that you're going to hear this message. and you're going to be, That's right, man. We've got to serve God and our family. I'm going to lead my family to serve God. And this is going to be the priority of my life. And you're going to get all emotional and inspired by this message. But then you're going to walk out the door and life is going to hit you. And you're going to have all these other distractions and all this other stuff. And sometimes it's easy to start stuff, but not very easy to finish it. I've seen it, man. I've seen it through the years as I've, as I've pastored this church. In fact, as I was studying this message, I looked on my wall in my office and there's, there's a, a picture on my wall from a series we did several years ago where 40 or 50 men stood at the front of the room and they made a resolution and said, we're going to lead our family in the things of God. And they all signed it. I put it up on my wall. And as I was studying this message, I looked up there. And it broke my heart to see men who signed that covenant and said, we're going to lead our family 
And they're nowhere to be found now. And I think how many people are like that? Like, I want God's goals for my family. But then when life gets hard and things get in the way, all the emotion that we had in the moment is gone. And our commitment is gone with it. In fact, really, you know what a a real commitment is? I love this definition I heard one time of commitment. Commitment is doing what you said you would do even after the emotion of the moment you set it in is gone. We got to get to a place where it's not just an emotional decision. It's a declaration that we say, man, I'm going to fight for my family and for godly values in an ungodly culture. I'm going to live for God's goals. We have made the choice. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and we are committed to it no matter what comes our way. Some of you are here today and you go, man, I really do want what God wants for my family. I want his goals to be my goals, but really I look at my life and man, as a dad, I'm not leading my family in that way. As a single mom, I have, man, I'm so busy trying to run around and do all the stuff that needs to be done. I haven't, I haven't focused on that. I got off track and I chased, I chased the job or I chased, I chased the dream. I chased the sports. I chased the recreation. I chased the, the pleasure, the vacation, the whatever it might be. Like, pastor, how do I get back to this place of God's goals for my family? Three things, write them down. The first one is this. You got to repent. That's where it starts. Start with repentance. Some of you right now, you're going to recognize, man, I haven't been leading my family in godly things. And today I'm going to recognize it and I'm going to turn around. You know what that, that's what that word repent means. It means turn around. Like I was going this direction. I was chasing these goals, but today I'm turning around and I'm going to begin to chase God's goals for my family and for my life. In fact, this is what Revelation talks about. Revelation chapter two, or chapter two, God looks at the church and he says, you're doing so many great things, but there's one thing that I'm holding against you is that you for, you're forsaken your first love. You lost your passion. You lost what it was really all about. And he says, here's how you get it back. He says, you've got to consider the height from which you have fallen and repent and do the things that you did at first. Here's what he says to do. Turn around, go back to the place that you were when you were the most on fire for God and do the things that you were doing then. Recommit yourself to that. You repent. Number two, you got to rearrange. So here's the deal. Repentance, true repentance will always lead to a reprioritization of our lives. And some of us, if we're really going to get to that place where we say, man, we're turning and we're going to lead our family and God's goals for our family. It's going to mean I recognize it. I repent. I turn. And then what do I have to do? I have to rearrange every part of my life around God's goals and not my goals. Might mean I have to rearrange some of my schedule. Might mean I have to say, you know what? Hey, work is important, but leading my family in things of God are even more important. And so, hey, I'm going to come home a little bit early from work so that we can have dinner together with my family. I'm going to leave it at work. I'm going to put my phone down. I'm going to, whatever it might be, man, there may be some moms here today that say, hey, I got little kids and maybe I'm going to go to work in part-time or I'm going to go to staying at home for this season of our life because that's the most important. I'm going to rearrange everything. Maybe, hey, we're going to do sports, but we're only going to do sports one season a year rather than year round. Man, we're going to do, we're going to do band, but we're going to also make sure that we're prioritizing the family time or whatever it might be to rearrange your life around the things that really 
matter the most. In fact, we want to challenge you. We have a, we have a challenge that we're going to do in this series starting today. In fact, in your worship guide, you might pull these out. You're going to see, we call it the mealtime challenge. And the mealtime challenge just goes like this. For the next four weeks of this series, we're challenging every family in the church to do this three times, three times a week, have a meal together as a family. Sit down, turn your, turn your phone off. Take a, you can take a picture of it and then post it on Facebook, LG Family Goals, and then turn it off. Yeah. And then just, just eat together. And when you're eating together, be strategic. In fact, in this, in this little form that we've given you, we've given you a few little mealtime questions where you can just ask some questions. And it depends on the age of your kids and the stage of your family, how that will all work. But just to say, hey, for a few, month, for a few weeks in this month, what we're going to do is we're just going to focus on getting our family together. And we're going to focus on what God has for our family. We're going to rearrange our lives around what matters. And then this is what we're going to do. The third thing is we're going to resolve. Everybody say resolve. We're going to resolve. Look what happens in verse 24. And the people said to Joshua, we will serve the Lord and we will obey him. And on that day, Joshua made a covenant for the people. And there at Shechem, he reaffirmed from the decrees and the laws. And Joshua recorded these things in the book of the law of God. And they took a large stone and they set it up there under an oak near the the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against us. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. And it will be a witness against us if we are untrue to the Lord. Here's what Joshua says. Hey, today we made some decisions. And so now we're going to resolve it in our hearts. We're going to write it down. We're going to take a big old boulder and we're going to put it down that every time we walk past this rock, it's going to remind us of the commitments that we have made, of the things that we have written, of the things that we have said that we would do before God. And if we don't follow through, that rock is going to speak out against us. And here's what we're going to do together as a church. We're going to make resolve. And we're going to say, hey, God is speaking some things to us and to our families. And we're going to write them down. And we're going to resolve in our hearts. In fact, today, we've got, we've got something to help you with this. Every single family unit today, we want you to take home one of these. We're not, we, didn't, we couldn't give you a big old boulder to take home because you wouldn't get it out to the car, you know. We have something to help you remember. A magnet that you can put on your refrigerator. And here's what we're going to do. At the end of this service... We're going to challenge every family to come down to the front of this room on both sides of the stage, grab one of these magnets to take home and your first mealtime together. Maybe it's at lunch today. This is what you're going to do. You're going to pray. You're going to ask God. You know how we get a word for our lives and a word for our family for the year? You're going to pray and say, God, what's your word for our family? And then you're going to take a Sharpie and write it on this magnet. Maybe you're going to put some other goals around it that are going to help to lead you towards that one focus and that one word. And then you're going to take it just like they did with that rock to remind them. You're going to stick it up on your refrigerator because that's where you're going to see it a lot, right? And every time you walk past and every time you go and open that refrigerator, you're going to see that word that you wrote that God put on your heart. And it's going to remind you of the commitment that says more than anything else. As for me and my house... 